at Oklahoma City at the Women's College World Series. The Young Guns of Oklahoma have won the national championship. Jay Knighton knew it was gone the second it left her back. got the goosebumps. We are ready for the NCAA tournament on the road to the Women's College World Series, our seven innings podcast, special TV edition. BMO, Scarborough, Horo, Smitty, and we got the bracket. We got the bracket, ladies. When we take a close look at this thing, what do we think about the job the committee does and, and, and what can we look forward to coming up? I think this is a fantastic bracket. I mean, seeing it in each of the competitive regionals that has so much talent within each of them, I love this bracket. I think that there's going to be a lot of upsets. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that this is a great bracket. I'm a little disappointed that JMU did not get to uh, host, so I do feel that that was the one thing that was out a little bit because of their non-conference. SOS was very strong. I think that Alabama was ranked too low. I think that their number eight seed is too low for them. And why? Because now if they win and they advance and Oklahoma advances, they get Oklahoma. They get the number one seed. And so you win the SEC, the hardest team uh, conference in the country in RPI strength of schedule and Oh, yeah, now you get Oklahoma. So I think that's disappointing yeah. for us. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, based on what we've seen social media and what we've talked about, a lot of people confused about why Alabama uh, was seated so low. Uh, we're going to hear from Pat Murphy. He can make a case for you for Alabama. We're also going to hear from Arizona head coach Mike Candrea a little bit later in the program. I'd love to see some changes in the criteria that the selection committee uses that you don't consider conference right now. We don't have any reward, for example, if you win your conference championship. And I think the NCAA tournament, part of that seeding process needs to be about rewarding the teams that win championships and give them an opportunity to advance deep into the tournament. In college football, everything is built to protect the regular season, that the regular season has to matter. It has to. Well, head to head. a lot of emphasis was put on the non-conference strength of schedule, and that seemed to stick out the most. So that was really surprising that conference didn't play as big of a part as a non-conference. Well, and the difference between winning the conference regular season championship versus winning the tournament, because if you're winning the regular season, you're good for a month and a half, two months, not just on one weekend. All right, let's uh, let's check out what Patrick Murphy had to say. Holly, talk to him a little bit about their number eight seed and the importance of the number eight for them this year. Joining us now, Alabama coach Patrick Murphy. And coach, I'm curious, I see you sitting there in your clubhouse at your ballpark with your team watching this show and the bracket be revealed. And I just want to know what was going through your mind as you see Florida with the number four seed and and then Minnesota, two teams that you beat not once but twice in the regular season be unveiled before you. What was happening there in the clubhouse as you saw that going on? Well, I know uh, Courtney Gettens and Reagan Dykes were behind me. Uh, I could hear them mumbling a lot and some people in front of me. Um, you know, it is what it is, and we've used the number eight as our motivation all year long. So what the heck, why not use it for two more weeks? Yeah, it, it's interesting because as we look at the RPI and break down all the numbers, it seemed like the committee was sending a pretty clear message that the non-conference schedule wasn't hard enough. And yet nine wins against top 10 teams in the RPI. How do you take that message and, and plan next year? 
Well, definitely our schedule is going to be a lot tougher next year. We're going to your ESPN tournament in Clearwater. We're going down to Florida State's tournament. We have uh, Texas here. We have Arizona here. Uh, it's difficult to get teams to come here, though. That, that's part of the problem. Uh, the other side of that is, you know, you go on the road and you, you beat Arizona at Arizona. We beat Minnesota twice here. We swept Florida at Florida. We swept LSU at LSU. We swept Georgia at home. So uh, I think I had 26 wins against the field uh, that's that got into the NCAA tournament. And like you said, nine wins versus the top ten. So I, think, I just think sometimes uh, I don't know all the numbers that are in front of the committee. Uh, nobody really does unless you're on the committee. But uh, they, sometimes it's, you know, the eye test is not used as much, I think, in other sports in softball. I think it's strictly a numbers game. And um, if it was my fault for the schedule, I'm going to wear that. And then uh, and I apologize to my team right now that's sitting next to me. But next year I'm going to take care of that. And, um, you know, it is what it is, and we're still going to use that number eight to motivate us. You know, it's so interesting, Coach, though, because the SEC, the number one RPI conference, you know, on paper, and it seemed like teams outside of the league were getting credit for wins against SEC teams, and yet you weren't getting credit for having the number one RPI in conference. How do you see that? I, I'm not sure. And, you know, we win the league. We, we actually were, we were in first place from start to finish. I mean, that, I don't think we've ever done that in this league. Um, we win the league by four games as well, which is, you know, that's pretty significant, I think. Um, but, again, I don't know all the numbers. Um, it's just, you know, everybody's good at this time of the season. And, you know, we're not going to uh, worry about um, where we're at. We're, the greatest thing is we're at home for two rounds. We need to get through our regional first, obviously, because there's three good teams coming here. And everybody is good in the postseason. We have respected the hell out of everybody that's come to Tuscaloosa for a regional, and we're going to do the same thing this year. You know, you respect everyone, you fear no one, and our crowd's going to bring their energy, and I think our team is as well. Coach, you said the number eight has been a motivation for you all season long. Why? Well, we were picked eighth uh, by the SEC coaches to finish eighth this year. And, um, you know, like I said, we led from start to finish and we put up a big fat number eight in our clubhouse uh, before we played Missouri that opening weekend. And and I said, who knows the significance of this number? And I think it was Maris Schroeder who's sitting right in front of me, who is going to be an elementary teacher. She yelled it right away. She knew the answer. And um, I think, you know, they used it as a little motivation. Um, This team has brought back the swag of Alabama softball and I'm really proud of them. And, you know, 1 through 19, they're great, great kids, awesome teammates. And not one of them cares who gets the credit as long as the team wins. And I think that's the greatest uh, compliment I can give them. Well, thank you so much. And we will see if the the power of eight plus one really great pitcher in the circle will be enough to get you out of that regional and into a super regional. Thank you so much, Coach. We appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot. And happy Mother's Day, Holly. Thank you. So their non-conference strength of schedule is a big topic here, right? USF, Cal State, Fullerton, Arizona, two wins over Minnesota. Not exactly chopped liver. Oh, oh <laughs> okay. I'm back to you. I'm Let's not throw that one. You got to be we'll better be card thrower. <laughs> we'll be back. Welcome back to our seven innings podcast TV special. We have a weekly podcast dedicated to softball. 
every week wherever you find your uh, podcasts and on the ESPN Podcast Center as well. we got a rundown to follow, too. At 7 Innings Podcast is the Twitter and Instagram. How about some tough regionals to keep an eye on? Good news for the Big Ten. they got three host sites, but a couple of them may be real barn burners. Michelle? I'm going to go with the Michigan one because I think JMU is going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. They have Megan Good. They have Odyssey Alexander. These are two pitchers that can also swing it. Again, that chip on the shoulder motivation is always a big thing. That's what it looks like. Michigan, James Madison. DePaul could be a handful there. But I think, guys, we have some thoughts about the Minnesota region where you've got Georgia going in there, an SEC team, and one of the best pitchers in the country, Nicole Newman. I think this entire region is competitive. I think a lot of us are sleeping on North Dakota State. They are a fun, sexy little team. Don't sleep on North Dakota State. No way, no how. And Drake started from the bottom. Now they're here. Oh, what? And uh, I think Georgia can beat all of the teams in this region. I think this is the most competitive. Yeah, Uh, Georgia's playing Wait, wait, Toronto got in. So is the Drake situation over? The the, The Drake curse is it over because Toronto won game seven? Could be. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) What do you think about that Minnesota area? I don't like it that much. (laughs) I love it. I think that this is the most competitive one. You look at the RPIs, Minnesota 8, Drake 23, Georgia 25, and North Dakota State 49. They have the lowest RPIs. All of these teams, 40 wins, too. All right, we're going to keep an eye on those. How about some stars to watch? You probably heard about a lot of folks. Kelly Barnhill just picked up her 100th career win at Florida. Could be perhaps the biggest difference maker in this tournament. Well, Barnhill, just with all that velocity, she throws that rise ball on three different levels, an ERA of just over a 1.5, and I think that you know she's going to have a great postseason. Well, I like Megan Good and JMU. I think JMU is really a Cinderella story in this tournament. Megan Good out last year with a torn ACL, really rounding back into form. You know it takes some time to get that leg strong and pitch confidently. We saw them beat Tennessee at the at the preseason tournament. I think JMU is a sneaky good Cinderella, even though they've been earning it year after year. Danielle Williams is going to be one to watch. A freshman, she's dealing from the left side. She has been on fire for Northwestern. I love the fact that she's got a whip under one. Only 33 walks on the season. Almost 200 innings pitched. This freshman, she's not afraid to throw. And she's dealing, as I said, from the left side. Yeah, the star that I picked to watch was the entire Oklahoma senior (laughs) class. And maybe even their entire team. 39 straight wins going to the NCAA tournament. But Sydney Romero, Shane Knight, and Folly Aview. And Kaylee Clifton, they've already won two national championships. Such a good team. Last year, just something was a little bit off. I think they're going to be really motivated this year. And they've added Juarez in the circle. She's undefeated. Only two pitchers ever uh, have won the national championship and stayed undefeated. Lisa Fernandez and Jenny Finch, awfully good company if she can do it. When you said players to watch, did she just take the whole team? Did I just yes. understand what they, clearly They happened? have quite a okay. few of them. Just checking. Of, I'm just checking you the know rules who else, moving forward. You know who else has quite a few players to watch, especially the home run hitters? Uh, I think we called them quattro because they especially had the four desert. double-digit dinger hitters out there for Mike Candrea's Arizona Wildcats. And Holly, I think you chatted them up, right? Time now for a Hall of Fame coach, one of the winningest coaches in NCAA Division I softball history, Coach Mike Cantre. Hey, Coach, how are you? Holly, I'm doing great. How are you doing? So great. Good to see you. So let's dive right into it. You know, a really great job by you this year, 41-12 and 12 overall. And I'm not sure who in the Pac-12 did your schedule, but you ended the regular season on <laughs> such a difficult path. Hosting Washington at home, your team got swept. But how did you go on the road and take two of three at 
at UCLA and really show some resilience? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think the Washington series really was kind of a defining moment for us, um, uh, giving us a chance to talk to the kids about the big moments, you know, and being able to handle the big moments. And, and um, so I reached out to some former alumni, um, people like uh, Jessica Mendoza, and um, I was actually watching the Sunday night game and, and the Cardinals and the Cubs, and Jess is on. I'm going, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask Jess what she thought about during the big moments. And so I text her right in the middle of the game. She texts me back. Um, but then I sat, decided I was going to call Jenny Finch and Lovey Jung and Leah uh, O'Brien, Leah LeBron Amico. And I asked them the simple question of, give me some thoughts on what went through your mind when you were in the big moments. And I shared those with the team. And I think a lot of it resonated with them. And, you know, we go to to uh, UCLA and we were a little bit of a different team. We, pl- we played uh, in the moment. Um, we played about as good as we have all year with the mindset. And at this stage of the game, at this time of the year, that's what it's all about, you know, being able to handle the big moment. And so I was very proud of them and I, you know, we went out and we played the game and um, didn't make the game bigger than, than what it is. And so it was definitely a, a moment that after the Washington series, we had to kind of look at ourselves and say, hey, we can't continue to do that because we had opportunities in that series, um, but just couldn't cash in on it. Well, you cashed in this weekend and now moving ahead, you see the bracket come out. You have an opportunity to never yep. leave home. Um, how can you really capitalize on home field advantage playing there at your brand new stadium? Well, you know, I think our fan base is uh, great, and so hopefully they're going to be loud. And, and uh, But I think it's really truly what's happening between the lines. There's a lot of nice things when you're at home. You get to sleep in your own bed. Um, you're very comfortable with the surroundings. And, and for us, we're very excited to uh, be able to have an opportunity to host um, the, the regional. And, and then um, if we can take care of business there, have a super regional here. And... Uh, I would much rather be here than anywhere else. So uh, I think um, it's going to give us a chance to kind of showcase our facility. Um, we're very proud of what we've built. And um, more importantly, though, we know that the game's played between the lines. And I think our kids are very excited to be here at home. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Coach. I can't wait to see how the big moments and how you handle those big moments yep. play out here in the NCAA tournament for Arizona softball. Thank you. Hey, you and me both. Thank you. Take care. Well, Coach Candrea, I'm, I'm taking a cue from him. I also texted Mendoza about what she does in the big moment. She says she surrounds herself with quality people like us. Mendoza will be with <laughs> us for the Supers and at the Women's College World Series. And uh, this is the 7 Innings Podcast TV edition. The party continues. The mayhem is underway. We are shagging some stats when we come back. Ross, more reaction shots for you from uh, Selection Sunday night around the country. The field of 64 revealed the bracket is out. We are on the road to the Women's College World Series. The Oklahoma Sooners are the overall number one seed. Demo, Scarborough, Smitty, Poro, our seven innings podcast selection special. You can follow us at seven innings podcast. What do we think are going to be the 
uh, super regionals potentially to watch. I'm going to start out with Alabama and Texas. I think this is very intriguing. You've got two coaches in uh, Pat Murphy and Mike White who are very experienced in the postseason, multiple trips to the World Series. Can Mike White bring Texas back and get them to the World Series through a very tough place to play in the Rhodes House? I'm going to go with LSU at Minnesota for a couple of reasons, because LSU has won three big series in the SEC on the road, but more importantly, Minnesota, 10-1, and 11 games at home. That's it. So Ooh. even though they have home field advantage, they've only played 11 games at home, <laughs> yeah. so it's almost like being on the road. <laughs> Well, for me, I think it's history. I think that you're looking at Michigan, at UCLA. Hutch goes to Hollywood. I mean, Samantha oh, Finley nice. with the... Was that a good home run sound? Yes. I mean, that, that that is the series. I mean, I just think that Michigan, UCLA, these are some of the blue bloods. This is a Women's College World Series type of matchup. So I think that if those teams advance, I always like to say that because the teams sitting at home watching this yeah. are like, hey, wait about us. But um, I think that's a really cool series. Two, and, and regions, two former champs that started it out uh, with the first champ series. You say, what about us? I say, what about me? You cut me, Holly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the order. It was me after Michelle, but oh, I'm going with Kentucky at Washington. It's well. okay. Hey, th- you guys, think about this for a second. Gabby Plain and Taryn Alvello pitching against Abby Cheek, the SEC Player Ooh, of the Year. Yeah, I, like I would love to see that in that Super Regional. And also Heather Tarr and Rachel Lawson, two fantastic coaches, two hard-nosed teams going at it. I think that could yeah. be a good one. Alright, if you follow us every week on our 7 Innings podcast, you know that this is our favorite part of the show because Holly... Time now for... Shaggin Stats. <laughs> <laughs> My Shaggin Stat. I am going with Perfection. Drake has the fifth perfect game this season. Nicole um, Newman had a great game, and she has set the new single-season record for perfect games. I think that Drake is finally winning. Boom. (laughs) Awesome. My shagging stat, Holly Rowe, is uh, 2,190, and that would be days, six years exactly, since an unseeded team has made it to the Women's College World Series. So it helps to be seated. So... That's my shagging stat. And I you like always it. say that you're not that good at math, but that's a pretty impressive <laughs> well, no, she's number. she's definitely not that good. <laughs> my shagging stat's going to be Alabama. They've won 90% of their home games in the NCAA tournament. Huge home field advantage for them at the Rhodes House. They know how to win there. I am not a nerd, but as you know, I do like to carry around all kinds of statistical information. Nerd. I think she's a total um, nerd. I am a doctor, so let me tell you this, a doctor of letters. Um, this is 15 years now, the Champ Series that started out with that UCLA-Michigan, we might have a rematch in the Supers, but the number one seed has only won five times. Oh, so only wow. a third of the time has the number one seed won the national championship. Very interesting stuff to see if Oklahoma can do it this year. All right. And that was my shagging stats. Good job, Beth. <laughs> Oklahoma, number one in the country in batting average, number one in the country in ERA. And fielding percentage. percentage. I think maybe it's a triple crown. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Give me some Jimmy is usually the way we end the show. Jimmy Softball, our producer, uh, he's back in Bristol taking good care of us tonight. So in lieu of Jimmy, uh, give me some of your final thoughts on on this uh, NCAA tournament and how you think that it's going to lay out. Uh, and play out. We've already seen how it's laid out. We got the bracket right here. But um, Florida State, can they go back to back? Um, Washington, you know, it's only happened four times that a team that played in the finals and lost 
came back the next year to win it. Do the Huskies have what it takes with the uh, return of Morgan Flores this year to get it done? So this is how we usually do it on the podcast. Like we raise our hand when we want to talk. So I'm going to do that on TV too. But I just want to say that we have the bracket here and we've protected it all day with our lives (laughs) because of what happened in um, March Madness. So I just wanted to let you know that we were like taping up windows in this facility. I mean, it's been like the CIA around here. And I'm just really proud that we did protect the bracket. So I just wanted our friends at the end. You were the director of the yes. CIA. That we I think were today very, she was, very she was careful. Taping up everything. I, I'm actually really excited to see uh, what team loosens up and, and just enjoys the postseason because it's really easy to get tight and to worry about things you don't need to be worrying about. This is the best part of the year. And when you go out and you play with fun, you play with passion, and you, you overcome adversity, anything can happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to be basically the Florida State of of last year to do that this year. Yeah, remember their fun, focused fun last year that worked for Florida and State. And they lost the first game of the yeah. World Series and then came roaring back to win it all. So that, that was quite a run for them to be able to pull that off. Yeah, I, I think too, a couple of themes to look for is going to be new faces and transfers and then also in freshmen. There are so many impactful transfers and also freshmen on each of these teams that we always talk about and also conference players of the years that um, and all-American type players that have made an impact. And then also the amount of runs that are being scored. So many home runs, the ball is flying out of the ballpark. I think this will be a really fun NCAA tournament because of that. Usually we're high on pitchers. I'm high on the hitters this year. Well, okay, and Amanda, I'm going to circle back around to the theme that you're talking about, and I know I have to say, so you can say I'm a homer on this, but left-handed pitchers, the last three national championships have been won with left-handed pitchers in the circle. So Megan King last year with Florida State, and then you have Paige Lowry and Paige Parker for Oklahoma. So you either have to be able to hit left-handed pitching or have a left-hander pitcher in the in the circle. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes down this year. Yeah. Great there, point. There's always some something exciting to watch. Um, you know, we talk about Minnesota, whether or not they should have been as high as they were. That's all in the past now. The selection committee has done its job. There is going to be so much excitement up there. They have a chance to host. And, and one of the things I love to do is, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're doing this at home too, I, I start to fill out the bracket. Think of this lineup. Yeah. At the Women's College World Series opening day Thursday, Oklahoma, Bama, Florida, Florida State, Washington, Arizona, and Minnesota, UCLA. Last year, the seeds all held. If they hold again this year, that could be opening day in OKC with a little funnel cake. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Dipping dots. <laughs> How many years for you at the World Series, Beth 26. Mullen? 26. 26 years for Beth Mullen at the World when I was Series. One. <laughs> Um, and and it's a great it's about about making memories last year Jesse Warren the diving catch will be the lasting image of that World Series you think back of of years gone gone by and and Tiffany Howard's catch um, Oklahoma Shea Knighton 17 inning home run for number 17 who's going to have the moment this year yeah and it's not just about the players it's the fans this is a bucket list event i mean when the people come and watch this it is something that they remember for the rest of their lives I'm obviously calling, the players too i'm calling record attendance this year yeah. too at all the regionals and super regionals and women's college world series it's gonna be packed and i say good luck to everybody we're so excited all that you've accomplished and we love you can't wait to watch you play Hey, we're on the road to the Women's College World Series where you get your podcast. Check us out at 7 Innings Podcast. We'll see you later. Well done. If you fight like a girl. It is do or die time. They have the experience. They've played in the big moments. They know what it feels like. They know how to win. Do your thing on the whole damn world. Jesse Warrior, you 
kidding me? Whoa. They have been waiting a lifetime to get here at a place where legends live and young women fulfill the dreams of little girls.